All right, well, we are down to our last three weeks of our current sermon series, Improve Your Life, in uh, 2017. So we'll be here again next week and then on the 12th, and then we'll move on to something else. And uh, today I want to begin by asking for a show of hands. So I actually want your uh, participation in this. And uh, some hands are already being raised before I've even asked a question. That is a great initiative. I really appreciate it. Uh, how many of you anticipate that you'll be, uh, I'm sorry, how many of you are currently facing some life decision that's going to need to be made in the next little bit of time? Let's see a show of hands. All right, quite a few of you. All right, how many of you anticipate that even if you don't have a, a decision facing you right now, that sometime in the future, you're going to have a decision facing you? Let's see your hands. Okay. If you have not yet raised your hand, pinch yourself and make sure you're still with us because you may not be. Uh, life is full of decisions. Some of them are small. Some of them are big. Uh, some of them don't have very much writing on them. Some of them have a whole lot writing on them. And if we were to survey the room, we'd likely find all varieties of decisions represented here today. Uh, some of us might be facing career decisions do I stay in the job I have now, or do I seek out a new opportunity, or do I take a new opportunity that's already been uh, offered to me? Uh, some of us might be facing relationship decisions. Am I uh, going to invest what's needed in my marriage to see it improve, or am I going to just continue being inattentive to my marriage and let it just continue to kind of go downhill like it has been? Am I going to put myself out there and ask somebody out on a date or am I going to accept an offer to a date that's already been uh, presented to me? Is this a person that I think that maybe is the one? Is this the one that I should marry or not? Are we going to sell our house and move to a new one? Or are we going to keep the one we have? Or am I going to go to college? Am I going to go to college? What am I going to study? Should I go back to college? Should I commit to the vineyard as my church home or keep looking? The answer to that one is commit to the vineyard. Um, <laughs> should I accept? By the way, we had one of our largest membership classes uh, ever over the last four weeks, and Ben didn't give me a number, but he said we just had a, a bunch of people at the end of the class today commit to become members of the church, and so we're excited about that. Should I accept the invitation to join the flight school ministry? The answer to that one is yes as well. Should I address my concerns about my job with my boss? Or an even bigger question, should I address my concerns about my boss with my boss? Probably pray about that one a while. Should I stage an intervention with my friend who's headed down a bad path? Should I challenge my Christian brother or sister about the sinful habits I'm beginning to see form uh, in their life. Life is full of decisions, and we have a lot of options as to how we can go about making our decisions. One of the options on how we make decisions is we can make them completely on our own. We can, we can just decide. We can consult ourselves. Uh, we, we can, you know, argue within ourselves, and we can come to a decision. We can do eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and come to a decision that way. We can write our decision options down on little pieces of paper, throw them in a hat, and blindly pick one out and let that be uh, the, the decision that we make. 
We can go to our crazy uncle who's never made a good decision in his entire life. And we can ask him what decision we should make. We can go to a stranger on the street and ask them what decision we should make, much like Jimmy Haslam did when he was advised by the stranger on the street to draft Johnny Menzel. I'm sorry for the Browns fans. Someone stopped me uh, recently and said, really, you don't have to do that every week. And and I'm going to try to do better. I apologize. For the record, I do like the Browns myself, so... So we can do all of those kind of things. We can, we can consult ourselves and only ourselves, or we can do something a lot better. We can take the Bible's advice on making decisions. And, and so that's what I want to do today. I want to look at a single verse of Scripture that gives wonderful guidance on how we should go about making life decisions. Uh, I think that we've found a lot of good advice from the scriptures on how we can improve our lives throughout this series, and I think we find more good advice today. From Proverbs 15.22, we're going to see that to improve our lives this year, we need to seek good counsel when we're facing decisions. Now, one of the things that I've appreciated over the last few weeks is um, how subtle differences in Bible translations can really enhance our understanding uh, of a passage. And so I want to read Proverbs 15:22 from three different translations today. Now, this works well when you're preaching out of one verse. Uh, I won't do this to you when we're preaching out of an entire chapter, but uh, it works with one verse. So first, the NIV. Plans fail for a lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. Then from the message, refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. And then from the Amplified Bible, without consultation and wise advice, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they are established and succeed. The Proverbs, this book of wisdom, lets us know that when we're faced with life decisions, it's vitally important that we reject a go-it-alone method of decision-making, and instead, instead we seek counsel from outside of ourselves. Getting counsel from outside of ourselves, according to Scripture, is vitally important if we're going to make good decisions that lead to success. And this encouragement shows up throughout the Bible. It shows up uh, throughout Proverbs, not just here in chapter 15. It shows up in different places throughout Scripture as well. It is very important advice that has a lot of potential to improve our lives if we will follow it. And and Proverbs is quite specific about the kind of counsel that we need to seek. It, It does not tell us that just any counsel will do. It's very specific about the type of counsel that we uh, should seek because you can get counsel from sources that will not do you a bit of good. How many of you have ever sought counsel that did you absolutely no good whatsoever? Uh, Most of us have had that experience. One place that you gotta be careful about getting counsel is from from our culture. If you take counsel from our culture, you're gonna be led in all kinds of foolish directions. But you know, here's something that's kind of unfortunate, but it's true. Someone being a Christian uh, really isn't enough to be confident that they'll give you good advice. I've received a lot of bad advice from Christians, and uh, many of you probably had uh, have as well. 
Seeking any counsel is not the key to making good decisions that will apply, uh, allow your plans to succeed. Seeking the right kind of counsel is important so that you can make good decisions and have your plans succeed. And so here's what Proverbs 15.22 tells us. We are encouraged in this verse to seek good and wise counselors. Your crazy uncle who has made one bad life decision after another is not the right person to seek for counsel if you want to know how to succeed in your life, if you want to know how to, how to fix a problem that you're in. A culture that says to divorce that the first sign of trouble in your marriage is not the place to go for counsel if you want your marriage to succeed. Your friend who's never been willing to commit to any church ever in their entire life is not the person to ask if you should commit to a church or to stay committed to a church, even if everything in that church isn't perfect. Madonna and Katy Perry are not the people to consult for advice on how to be right and live a life that is pleasing to God. If we want to make good decisions that lead to success, We have to seek out good and wise counselors. Now, there's more that could be uh, said on how to find good and wise counselors, what makes up a good and wise counselor than what I'm going to say right now, but here are a few indications that you have a good and wise counselor. At least you're going to really improve the odds. If the person you seek out is someone who knows and loves God. That should be like the first thing you look for. Is this person someone who knows and loves God? The next thing you want to ask yourself is, is this someone that has a pretty good understanding of God's word? So that I can be at least reasonably confident that their advice is going to be filled with godly wisdom, seasoned with godly wisdom. And then from there, you want to ask yourself, is this someone who doesn't just know the word of God, but has a pretty good track record of living consistent with the word of God that they know? Of course, no one does this perfectly, but they, they ought to have a good track record of living consistent with God's word. They've put it into practice in their own lives. It's not just that they know it, they, have actually, they actually know it and they have uh, lived it. And so there's more that could be said there, but those are some key things you look for to know that you have found a good and wise counselor. And then depending on the decision facing you, you also want to consider some other factors. If you're facing a financial decision, for example, you'll want someone who has godly wisdom who is also knowledgeable about financial matters. Not everyone who loves God and knows his word uh, possesses wisdom on financial matters. And so what you're looking for is someone who has both godly wisdom and practical experience in the area of the decision that you face. But Proverbs doesn't just tell us it's enough to find a good and wise counselor. It doesn't tell us it's enough just to find a couple of good and wise counselors. Proverbs tells us that we are to seek out many counselors. With many advisors, plans succeed, it tells us. With many counselors, plans are established and succeed. So so what Proverbs tells us to do is seek good and wise counsel and to seek many counselors, seek a variety of counselors when we're facing a decision. 
So within this limitation that good and wise enforce on us, I mean, that narrows the pool down a little bit, but within that limitation, we are to seek a variety of counselors. And so if you're here today facing a decision, I hope you'll receive this biblical guidance on how to go about making a decision. And before you make that decision, you will seek out some good and wise counselors, several of them. You'll present your decision uh, to them and you will receive their counsel with an open mind. Seeking counsel from a variety of good and wise counselors instead of making every decision independently requires humility. And friends, humility is something that is very pleasing to God. God is very happy when he finds humility in a person. Luke 14, 11 says this, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Proverbs eleven two says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Proverbs 18.12 says, Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. And then Proverbs 22.4, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. What a great verse that is. Pride, arrogance leads us to believe that we're completely sufficient within ourselves. And God does not like that attitude. He saw that attitude in the beginning when Lucifer rebelled against him, and he does not like that attitude. But humility, humility acknowledges that we're not self-sufficient. Humility recognizes our need of God. Humility recognizes our need of others. Humility recognizes that as smart as we think we are, we don't know everything. We're not infallible. And so we can learn from God, but not only can we learn from God, but we can learn from other people who possess godly wisdom. And so if we summarize everything that we see in Proverbs 15, 22, and these four verses that I just read, I think we're correct to conclude that humility will cause us to seek good and wise counsel, godly counsel, and that kind of humility pleases God, sets us up to make good decisions that allow our plans to succeed and lead us to good and meaningful, fruitful, successful lives. Here's something I'm convinced of. I'm convinced that God honors the humility to seek counsel, even if some of the counsel we end up getting isn't actually all that great. And we'll talk about that more uh, here in a minute. But I, I'm convinced of this, that God honors the humility of saying, I recognize that I need to uh, open myself up to wisdom that other people have. I'm not sufficient within myself. And so if you're facing a decision, Scripture encourages you to have the humility to seek out a variety of good and wise counselors before you make your decision. Now, here's a question for you to reflect on. Do you know who your good and wise counselors are? Just, just take a minute and think about that. Do you know for your life, when you have a decision that needs to be made, do you have some people you can go to that meet these qualifications of Proverbs 15.22? They are good and wise counselors. I'm not going to ask you to, to respond, but have, have you thought about that? Do, you know? 
I'm pleased to be able to report that I know where to go for good and wise counselors. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes still mess up my decision, but I do know where to go for good and wise counsel. There are many good and wise counselors in this church. Uh, Our elders, our ministry leaders, our group leaders, uh, others that may not have a formal role here, but uh, their lives demonstrate uh, the qualifications of Proverbs 15.22, and they, they really are good and wise counselors. Uh, I'm privileged to have family members that can offer me some good counsel. And, and when I'm facing a really big decision, I, I'll run it by several colleagues of mine. Tom Paquette, the uh, pastor of the Vineyard in Grove City, is someone that I'll run decisions by. Dave Diani, the pastor of the Palmer Road Vineyard. Joel Seymour, the pastor of the Lancaster Vineyard. My friend David Wright, who was with us about a year ago at this time, who pastors LifeLink Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And, and I'm really privileged that I have a local pastor friend, Paul Snoddy, from Tri-Village Christian Church that I've developed a, a really good relationship with, and I can go to him for a counsel. And usually what I'll do when I'm facing a big decision is I'll, I'll go to all of these people for counsel. I'll seek out many advisors. You need to know where you can get a variety of good and wise and godly counselors. Some of you know. Some of you don't know. And if you don't know who those people are for you, you should pray and ask God to direct you to the right counselors for the decision that you are facing. Now, here's what I hope is going to result from this message. I'm really hopeful that this message will result in more people seeking out counsel. More people saying, you know what, I'm not just going to make this decision completely on my own. I am going to seek out more counsel. And I'm guessing if that happens, then uh, another result of that is that some of you are going to be seeking out counsel within this congregation. You will be seeking out counsel from members of this congregation, And so what that also means is that some of you in the congregation are going to be put in the position of having someone approach you for counsel. You are going to be given the opportunity to give counsel. And so what I want to do for the next few minutes is just give some practical suggestions, both to those of you who will have an opportunity to give counsel and for those of you who will seek counsel. Uh, I'm going to share these practical suggestions, and then we're going to pray about these things. So here's the first thing. Uh, There could be more, but I have two practical suggestions for those of you who are going to provide counsel to other people. Now, I'm going to say this very gently, very lovingly. I hope you can receive it the way it's intended, Uh, but I'll just leave it at that. I hope you can receive it. So, So here is the first thing for those of you who are given the opportunity to counsel someone else. As you provide counsel to your brothers and sisters it is highly important that you remember that you're the counselor, but you are not the decision maker. You're the counselor, but you are not the decision maker. The person who comes to you for counsel, they are the decision maker. It is not your role to twist their arm. It is not your role to pressure them to take your counsel. It is not your role to meet them at the front door every Sunday and ask them if you have done, if they have done what you told them yet. That's not your role. You are a counselor. You are not the counselor. 
And everybody said, Amen. Those of us who are given an opportunity to bribe, to bribe, to bribe, easy for me to say, uh, to provide counsel to other people, we have to be content with offering good and wise counsel as we understand it, and then trusting that person with their decision. They may not take your advice. If they have done what Proverbs says, they will have sought out other counselors. And as hard as I know this is for us to fathom, one of the other counselors might have offered better advice this time. And so what we have to be content with is playing our role, allowing the Holy Spirit to play his role, and then trusting the person who owns the decision with their role. So remember, you are the counselor, not the decision maker. And then the second thing for those of us who uh, will be asked to give counsel is that we need to pray for the one that we counsel. Don't just provide counsel and then uh, forget about the person, but, but pray for them. And I know that seems to go without saying, but I don't think it really does. Uh, I think sometimes we're, we're very quick to, to move on from counsel and then not continue to soak that counsel in prayer. It is not our role to decide for anyone. It's not our role to pressure them. It's not our role to do any of those kind of things, but it is our role to pray for them, pray that they'll discern which counsel they're to take, pray that God will make their decision clear for them, pray for a good decision, and pray for peace in the decision-making process. And now I have a few practical suggestions for those of you who seek out counsel. And here's the first one. The decision is yours, not the counselor's. Don't relinquish the decision-making authority in your life to someone else. Proverbs tells you to seek counsel, good and wise counsel from a variety of sources, but the decision is yours and you're the one who needs to make it. Don't place the pressure of your decision on someone else. The decision belongs to you. I've frustrated a number of people around here in the last 12 years because there were a few situations where someone would know I had provided counsel to someone and that they were not taking the counsel and they would come to me like wanting me to, to like force the person to take my counsel. And I'm like, I would love to have that power. I don't know how to pull that off. And so the best I know to do is provide the counsel, pray for them, but then it's between them and God. I'm not anyone's savior. None of us are anyone's savior. There's only one savior. Uh, All any of us can do is offer our help, offer our advice, and then we have to trust the person to God. And so that's the best we can do. And those of you who seek counsel, don't let the counselor bully you into taking their advice. Of course, if you choose the right counselor, this is unlikely, but even good people sometimes do misguided things. So don't let someone else force you to make the decision they want you to make. Here's the second thing for those of you that seek out counsel. Remember that even the wisest counselors are fallible. Good and godly, wise people sometimes give bad advice. Not intentionally, 
but because they're not God. They're fallible. And so provided a person's intentions toward you are good, all you can ask is their best advice, but the decision is yours. And here's another important thing to remember. The consequences for the decision are yours. You own the decision, not the counselor. And so you do not hold your counselors to a standard of infallibility, and you do not blame your counselors when you take their advice and it turns out to be wrong. They did the best they could, but the decision was yours. You're the one who chose to take the advice that you took. And so you do not blame a counselor for failing to be infallible. No one can live up to that standard. Number three, different counselors will give different advice. All your counselors are not going to agree with each other. Good and wise and godly counselors can give different and even conflicting advice. Your role in the process is to discern which advice that you are to heed. And so throughout this process, you can't just seek out the counsel and leave it at that. You have to also be regularly seeking God, asking God for his guidance throughout the decision process, asking him to help you discern which advice you should take. Number four, when you find consensus among your advisors, that's often an indicator that 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 is the advice that will lead to a right decision. When a variety of good and wise and godly counselors are providing you the same counsel, it is highly likely that that's your answer. But not always. Every once in a while, the consensus even of good and godly counselors is wrong. And the counsel from a good and godly counselor that provided the outlier advice is right. Thanks a lot, Brian. That's really helpful. (laughs) But it's true. You know, the consensus at one time was that the earth is flat, was flat. That consensus was not good. That consensus, thankfully, was not trusted. And, And so consensus will... Often, I would say usually, I would probably go so far as to say almost always lead you to the right decision, but not always. And so you have to be respectful of consensus. Normally it should be trusted, but not implicitly. Even when you have consensus, you still need discernment. And then number five, Once you've sought good and wise counsel from a variety of God-honoring counselors, then you ask God to lead you to the right decision. And when the decision needs made, I mean, if if you can push it down the road a little bit and you want to do that, that's okay. But when the time comes and a decision has to be made, make it with the confidence that you did so in a God honoring Bible-honoring way. And that because you did, God is pleased with your efforts and you have likely made the right decision. But even if you haven't, God's grace will be sufficient to sustain you through a wrong decision. 
And so here's the point of that. Don't let your decision stress you out. Don't let your decision paralyze you. Make your decision. Trust that God will take care of you if the decision is right and even if you got the decision wrong. Plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. This is good and godly wisdom that will improve our lives if we'll follow it. And that's what I'm hopeful we'll do. So why don't you stand?